Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm here with Mandy again. Hey, Mandy. Hey, Lana. Thanks for having me. Of course. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be back. Hey, everybody. Sam and I always laugh because we do our little, you know, intro and then we're like, are we going to pretend like we weren't just on the phone for like 30 minutes talking before (laughs) this? And it's like, yep, we are. We are going to do that. We're all caught up on each other's lives. Now we're ready to do the pod. (laughs) Exactly. So what are you up to this week, Mandy? I am working with some clients. I've got a few sales calls that I'm hoping to sign up as new clients. Everyone, if you're not familiar with me, I am an ADHD business coach. So I work with clients one-on-one, in groups, all kinds of great stuff, helping people launch their business with ADHD. Yes, and if every if anyone didn't hear last week's episode, Mandy was my first business coach helping me launch my business. So, and now we're just friends. So. The best client ever. <laughs> you can't get rid of me now. I don't want to. Good. <laughs> so, this week we wanted to kind of compile some of our main tips/lessons for how we work with our ADHD. I feel like just we have these conversations a lot, but specifically in the type of work that we're doing, I feel like we've had a lot of lessons and like eye-opening experiences. And these are just the types of things that I like to share because it's real life and this stuff is actionable and we can start, you know, implementing some of these, you know, in our lives today. Hopefully that's the idea. I am so exhausted. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be recording, but I took, if anyone knows me. I have such terrible allergies to a lot of pets. And my friend, I drove back from DC to New York today with my friend and her dog. And I took a Benadryl, which obviously made me exhausted. And so now here I am just like loopy trying to form sentences. (laughs) Remember when you came to my house and you forgot to tell me that you were allergic to dogs and I had a dog (laughs) and you were just like, your eyes were watering and they were red. And I was like, what's wrong? You were like, oh, I'm just allergic to dogs. I'm like, what? No, but I knew you had Sunny. Like, this is the thing. This is just how I live. I feel like people with allergies get it. It's same thing with pollen. In the spring, I'm just a mess all the time. I still like go to friends' houses with dogs and stuff. But yeah, I just kind of you know suffer and I sneeze a lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like I sneeze, I just cry I'm just like sobbing (laughs) I remember you petting her and you're like I love dogs I'm just allergic (laughs) well I never want I always have like this underlying fear that people are gonna think that like I don't like dogs and I'm like that is not (laughs) the case because that's just like you know murderer behavior (laughs) like not liking dogs that would be pretty sus for sure (laughs) (laughs) so my whole point is bear with me if the things I'm saying aren't making sense today because I'm tired, but Mandy's helping me through it. So we're good. One of the first kind of top lessons that I wanted to talk about is, you know, when we're having trouble kind of like grasping something, understanding something or like explaining something, being able to engage with the information in different ways to help us learn it. So like what that looks like for me is, you know, when you're like reading something over and over again, and it's just like not making sense. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) All too well. No, it's seriously the worst. A lot of us 
will like do this with like reading and we're just like on the same page over and over again because we for either forget to like pay attention or you know just it's it's not making sense or something but what's really helped me is getting used to like utilizing podcasts youtube um chat gbt is perfect for this type of thing even nowadays i know like i don't know if this is the first place i would go but you can even search things on TikTok and get people talking about some concepts. You know, it really is a good time to have ADHD because there's a lot of things out there. Yeah, you can really use TikTok like Google now. That's a, you can. <laughs> yeah, and it's it it is really helpful. Yeah, I was there all weekend looking at Travis, <laughs> <laughs> looking at Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Oh, girl, same. <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, how do you feel now that because you've been a football fan, so oh like that, now, how do you feel that everyone's like joining in? Oh my gosh, I, I'm like welcome, welcome everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, shameless plug here: Travis Kelsey helped me win my fantasy league last year, and <laughs> he's one of the most gorgeous men on the planet, and I just love him, and I've loved him for many seasons now. I'm a huge Ravens fan. I love football. And I love Travis Kelsey and I love Taylor Swift. And honestly, I remember the day where I was when she like showed up at the game. I was like pacing around my living room, like worlds colliding. This is, it was like, honestly, I've never been more into a celebrity couple. And I now, now everyone, you know, kind of feels the same, but I'm like, welcome everyone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome. I'm thrilled about it. Thank you for asking my opinion. <laughs> Well, no, because you, you're like in it, you know, I'm definitely one of the ones that, you know, came over from Swifty Nation to, to join the party. No, I mean, I, I did cheers. So like, I always understood football, but I never cared. And then all of a sudden this Super Bowl, I'm like, so invested. I was like, why am I, I was like, why am I stressed about this game? But obviously I wanted, I wanted Taylor to have her moment with, with Travis. So I just love their love. Honestly, it's so cute and endearing. And I just love that he's such a, a powerful athlete and acting so into her. I think that that is just beautiful. And that's, if it's not like that, I don't want it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And she needs to be with someone like that. So she's totally. like, I feel like this is the first person who's like equipped to be with freaking Taylor Swift, you know? I know. And it's like the but, first person who knows he's dating Taylor Swift and like acts like it. Yes, he does. He does. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so uh, we got there from, you know, check things out on TikTok, guys. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it really is. I think my, my point here is, and another way I do that too, is like I'll type in, okay, like if I was trying to look up executive function, like something like executive function for dummies, executive function beginner 101, like those types of things are really helpful because you just never know when someone's wording or phrasing is going to make more sense to you and like your unique brain and learning style. So that's my first one that I think is a good one to start with. I like that. I think that's really smart. And then another thing to think about is thinking about how you interpret how you learn best, right? So like if it's through videos, if it's through learning, then maybe sites like Wikipedia or just like random articles you can read, whatever, however you learn best, seeking that form out in various websites in different places. Totally. Like, are you an audio person, a visual person? Definitely. Yeah. 
it's also kind of reminds me of, you know, for me, like when I'm able to like walk on the treadmill and either like listen to something or, you know, if I'm talking to someone and I'm able to walk at the same time, like, you know, my sentences kind of just form a lot better. It's the same thing with fidgeting. Like it all is just helping us, right? Like we're both, Mandy just flashed up her um, uh, fidget that she's holding while I sit here <laughs> fidgeting a pen. <laughs> Yeah, I always have a fidget toy in my hand. I, you know, am a a grown adult, but I love these things. And I didn't have them when I was a kid. If I had this in school, I would have probably been able to pay attention so much more. And even now on client calls, um, having these fidget toys next to me, I have three on my desk that I kind of rotate through that I really like. And it's a simple, simple thing that really helps me focus and get through things totally I love that I have the like bubble popper ones you know what I mean yeah I have one of those it's under there somewhere yeah so maybe I have yeah (laughs) and so, so in addition to kind of like being able to identify your learning style think about like the types of things that help you be able to engage with the information, if that makes sense, like fidgeting, moving around, the environment we're in, what we're looking at, all that stuff. So something else that helps me with my fidgeting, because I'm a fidgety gal, uh, is my chair and my standing desk. So I have a standing desk that I try to utilize at least once a day. So right now I'm actually standing. And yeah, I'm standing. Wow, how how fun of you. <laughs> I know. And I have a little like pad on my under my feet so it's nice and comfy and it's kind of like a memory foam pad so that's also kind of fun. And yeah. then I have that Piper Song chair, the meditation chair that is kind of like dubbed the ADHD chair so I can sit all kinds of ways with my feet up, crisscross, like all kinds of ways. So that's also really helpful. Because if I have a regular chair, I'm like putting my feet all over the place. I'm crisscrossing and I'm like just constantly like <laughs> moving around. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm i in one of those kind of type of, it's not the ADHD chair. It's one of those chairs where I can sit like crisscross, you know, all that stuff. But I'm so curious when you, do you do, do you notice a difference when you're in your standing chair? Does it help you like focus better during client calls? That's a great question. I, I like standing for calls. Um, I just had a a sales call and I was standing then, and now I'm standing talking to you. So I feel like a conversation is good while standing sometimes, but mostly I sit when I'm like really deep in it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like kind of zoned into like that hyper focus a little bit. Right. But then again, like up and down, right? It it changes. So you definitely kind of go with the flow. But I think the biggest thing is to have options. Totally. And in addition to that, just kind of being okay with that urge to move around. I know for so long, I I think back to myself in high school, and I kind of just remember how uncomfortable it was just school in general. And now, now after everything I know about ADHD, it makes so much sense. I'm like, yeah, no wonder I was uncomfortable sitting for eight hours like that's without really moving around much I think an important part of working with our ADHD is knowing that when we feel that urge to like move around like our brain is trying to tell us something like our brain is trying to stay engaged you know so listening to that and not just being like oh like 
why can't I just sit still? Like I used to always have that internal battle with myself. Same. I used to get in so much trouble in school. Like Mandy's nice and she would be smart if she stopped talking or stopped moving. Like, all right, man. <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> Nobody liked my doodles on my paper. Right. For me. <laughs> no, I, I like I was like drawing like a million um of those, you know, like boxes, like 3D boxes <laughs> on my test. My my teachers are like are, are like writing Alana, please answer the math question. <laughs> Yes, mine were all of my, you know, the holes in your paper. They were all daisies and flowers. And there was grass and sunshine and birds. I was like, nature, get me out of here. Wait, so this is more like, this isn't really being distracted. This is more just me being bad at math, which obviously isn't an ADHD thing. Um, I saw this meme the other day that was like a video of a, it put a video of um, an airplane landing, but it put it backwards. And so it was like me when my math question adds up to like negative 758 like miles per hour or something. And I'm like, this is me during my math tests. Like none of the answers made sense. You know, when you can like kind of assume you're like, okay, would this be the answer? Like, would this make sense? Would it be, you know, 12 apples? Would that make sense? And my answers just never made sense. My God, me too. I was so, I, I, I mean, math was so, it was like a foreign language. As soon as I started adding letters in, I was like, what is going on, man? Like who thought of this? Why are we do? why do I need to know this? Get me out of here. It's such stupid calculations that they make us do. It's like, can't they help us, you know, learn how to do the basics? Like, oh my gosh! Accounting. Like, honestly, why didn't they teach us personal finance and taxes and stuff? Instead, we learned like y equals mx plus b. Like, I don't even know what that is anymore, but I'll always remember it. Oh, if I the can Pythagorean go theorem, dude. Okay, I was just gonna say. Okay, so everyone, listen to this. I used to work events. I, in the wild, used Pythagorean theorem one time, and it was the most mind-blowing thing. So, right, I was at this music festival, and we had to decorate this tent, and everybody was like, you know, we're all standing in there, like, in the middle of a field, like, all these, like, music industry people, and they're like, oh, we have to do the tent dressing. So, I'm in there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know how to figure this out, guys. Wait a minute. Only time ever used any kind of like high level math was in that moment and that was it so in all of those years of math torture for that one minute in time (laughs) you know how hype I would be if I could like pull that shit out in like a team environment and be like I got this guys I mean literally it's like 10 years later and I'm still mind blown about it so yes still talking about it (laughs) You know, there's so much with running a business and then at the same time being inherently kind of disorganized and a little like scattered and things like that. So it is really challenging. And, you know, as people with ADHD, we do our best to learn strategies to manage these things, but it can absolutely be hard. And if you're not finding the strategies that help you, there's a big chance that you can start feeling shame and going down that like shame spiral and, you know, the negative self-talk and all of it. I mean, it just really all adds up. Yeah, it does. And this is also what feeds into all that overly critical stuff that we put on ourselves all the time. So in a few weeks, I'm going with a 
university group with, so pretty much I'm still in touch with my old rabbi. He also teaches at a university um, doing kind of like religious studies and historical classes. And so there's a class on um, pretty much like the Holocaust and we're going to Poland to have like a really like meaningful and like educational experience. And we're going all around the different, like the concentration camps and things like that. So I know, so it'll be like super, heavy, but I think it'll be, you know, a really, really meaningful experience. What I was going to say about it is I was figuring out the plane situation, like the flight with the coordinator and we were going back and forth and there was like a connecting flight, but my dad was kind of helping me figure out, you know, okay, well that flight might be best, but then if you could take this one that way and then the connecting one, then your layover is going to be one hour instead of three. It was just a lot of moving parts. And when I tell you, like, I got to this point where it got so frustrating. Like, I just couldn't understand what I was looking at. Like, my brain did not want to, like, make sense of this information. It was just not grasping it at all. And looking back, I think I probably would have, you know, like, asked a friend or something. But, like, in the moment, I just was so fed up because I had been going back and forth for hours, like, not understanding this, like, one thing. And it just really, like was a, a tough feeling because these are the types of things that like accumulate so much shame. It's like, why mm-hmm. can't I just freaking understand this thing that should be easy, but for some reason it's just not. Yeah. I think everybody that's listening can definitely relate to that feeling. It's like yeah. when we are really trying to comprehend something so much and then all of a sudden our brain's like, mm, we're done here. We're going to just, <laughs> we're stopping. We need to take a break. And it's yeah. like, gosh, I just, I literally cannot understand this. I cannot comprehend this. And we're both pretty smart women. And I definitely feel that way a lot for sure. Especially when, you know, running your own business. And I can't tell you how many times I brought my laptop down to the couch. Like if I have to finish something and I'm just like staring at my screen, like just not tonight. (laughs) We're not going to do this now. Yeah, it's like your our brain is just like not braining. No, you're not braining. Yeah. It's weird. Literally like the uh like plankton. I mean, you know, I think it's plankton, like the plankton meme of him like walking in and then out the door. Like that is that was what was happening. And yeah. so I saw this tweet that said ADHD involves so many micro moments of shame, stepping over the pile of laundry, re-remembering the bill you still haven't paid, the sink full of dishes and the fridge leftovers lurking in the back, the small but recurring I should have is cumulative and it's painful. So true. So true. From an outside perspective, these all might seem like small little things, but they just bring so much shame and they add on to each other. And mm-hmm. It's a lot. Shame, I feel um, like, is such a big part of working through ADHD and and allowing yourself to work with it to really come to terms with these things that we're taught or conditioned to feel shame about are not necessarily things that we should feel shame about. It's just, we're just different and that's the way it is. And when we come to terms with that, it's easier to face that and not feel shame. Just being able to ask ourselves like, am I being super harsh on myself about this? You know, like, because a lot of the times we probably are, but when we're so kind of surrounded by it, we don't, we're not really able to provide ourselves with that perspective, but at least like, 
even in this example, at least now I know for some reason connecting flight like that, for some reason, that's like really hard. So I'll probably know to like go into it maybe with more support, like help next time or another set of eyes, you know, yeah. like these are, the, yeah. and, and, and it wouldn't, you know, again, such a small thing, but it wouldn't be so frustrating and overwhelming. Yeah. And just to like, think about it from an outsider's perspective, like I can totally understand that because if you're thinking about it, a connecting flight, there's a lot of steps involved. Yeah. You know, and when we are faced with a task where we have multiple steps involved, it can be challenging for us to break those steps down, initiate those steps, make decisions on those steps. So there's a lot of factors in that scenario that are going against our our brain totally totally that's actually like one of the ones i another one of the lessons that i had was pretty much you know we really do struggle with transitions like starting tasks completing tasks going from one thing to another like any of those types of transitions of course and so one of the things that has really helped me is when i add something to either like my to-do list and I don't do this always, but I do it when I'm feeling more, you know, resistance to getting started on things um, is listing out the two or three steps that I need to do to get this task started. So I'll give you an example, like wake up and plan my session, plan my coaching session. Like if that's the task that I need to do, it would literally be breaking it down into a couple steps of like, sit at your desk or make a coffee, sit at your desk and pull out your notes, like those three things. Like we need that level of like step by step by step. And when I realized that it did help me a lot with those task initiation issues. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. And also the, just the crossing off the to-do list that gives you such a little like, woo, you know, and even if those things are really small in hindsight, if you write them down and you're crossing them off, it gives you that momentum to keep moving forward and it's like you're train it's like um you're like revving up the engine no yeah it like snowballs into more energy dopamine totally yeah yeah and we need that like we need that additional dopamine throughout oh my gosh i put like shower wash hair on my to-do list i'm like okay here we go we can do this yeah and then you can that's i think you also told me about putting things on your to-do list on a sticky note and then you can take off the sticky note off the wall and then you're like physically taking something off which I like that too totally yeah I leave sticky note like if I'm going out and I need to do two things or something before I leave I'll put a sticky note on my front door in a bright color so I can't not see it and I'll you know physically see it before I leave and if I have to like run to get something that's an easy way if I'm leaving the house and I need to bring something with me and I cannot forget it I put my keys with it yes Mm -hmm. and then maybe even write a sticky note too so I remember where I put my keys (laughs) (laughs) like breadcrumb like all right we can do this Oh my gosh, I just, wait, I thought that reminded me of All Right Now, and I was like, I'm literally just watching the New Heights podcast with Whoa. Jason and Kelsey and Joe. <laughs> I'm like in it, I am in it. I, I love this for you, yes, I'm so glad, great, that makes I know, me so I mean, happy. It's like all I and, can think about. 
and Jason Kelsey, he's a Philadelphia guy and everybody, I live in Philadelphia. He's basically the mayor now. Like everybody loves Jason Kelsey so much. He's amazing. Did you see after his like raging time at the, the party in Vegas, the next day he was videotaped at Disney World? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and um, in the podcast that I was just listening to, he was just so funny. Like they were hilarious. Like he said, yeah. he just found them. Like, you know, the mask he was wearing when they were like dancing in the club. Yeah. He's like, just found that on the ground, put it on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what a guy, man. He's hilarious. I that love that. So funny. So um, funny. That's hilarious. Um, just had to, had to go there. But in addition to, you know, because of that same thing about needing the dopamine to kind of like snowball and help us, you know, into the next task. I feel like this, that whole concept can really needs to be applied for us with ADHD is like our whole days, which is why our, our mornings are so important, you know, like, and I'm, I'm guilty of like, I do not have a good morning routine. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys I have a great morning routine. I don't. And I know if I implemented one, I'd be in a better place. And like, I'm working on it and I'm trying to do it. Like, a little bit at a time, but I know that that would help because the days that I am able to do something like that in the morning or something, anything productive in the morning, my whole rest of my day looks completely different. Well, I think that you're off to a great start about being honest with yourself. Number one, <laughs> you know, like at least, you know, right. Right. And I think a lot of people listening can really relate to that because as people with ADHD, we fight the routine. We just yeah. inherently just, we, distract ourselves we do something else it's like we're almost like punishing ourselves in a way of like we know what we're supposed to do but we're just not doing it because it's hard it's you know the routine is challenging and I totally agree with you when I do my morning routine my day is exponentially better (laughs) well I think any that that struggle and that resistance with any type of routines I think it speaks to like when we're in it, when we're in a routine, like we know we're in it, we know something's helping us. It's easier to do. But when we've been out of some of these routines for so long, which is what I'm saying, I've been out of my morning routine now for a while. Like our brain is always going to want to do the easier thing, which is always not starting the new routine, right? (laughs) Like, so we have to recognize that too. Like our brain wants to do the more comfortable, safe thing, but that might not necessarily be what's best for us, like long term. So I'm working through also like just constantly asking myself that question. Like, is this something that is actually helpful? Or like, do I want to try and like push myself to kind of build this routine, even if it's really uncomfortable and my brain feels like it's really, really resisting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Um, it's such an interesting struggle because we know it would be best and we know what we should do, but it's like, you know, having two little people on your shoulders, right? It's like you're one, you're like ADHD brain. It's like, no, let's do this instead. And it's like, ah. yeah. yeah, keep scrolling on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> right. And I, the, the first step to working through that is really being aware of that scenario. Like, okay, yeah. well, I do know that I'm, I feel better overall doing my routine And if I can get just like one thing, focusing on one thing at a time and starting that momentum, because honestly, if if something is a part of our routine, that means that we most likely enjoy it. Like I love 
making coffee in the morning. I love yeah. playing with my dog for 10, 15 minutes, right? But can I not scroll on Instagram? Can I not grab my phone and like do something else? Like, yes, I absolutely can. And I know that I'll feel better if I don't, but will my conscious mind like beat out the, the ADHD-ness that's happening and being able to like realistically be like what is my default like is my default avoiding this is you know like and that's okay like just being real with ourselves so that we can start to be more aware and start to be like okay how can I you know implement some of these changes these were this is good I'm glad we had this conversation I love like I always love doing the podcast with you it's just so fun me too I love coming on the podcast and having a chat with you about all the stuff that we always talk about so it's great to share it with everybody else (laughs) totally yeah and mandy do you want to tell everyone where to find you again and i'll link your instagram in the show notes of course as well thank you yeah everybody come say hi you can find me on instagram and all socials at hey h-e-y mandy bauer m-a-n-d-y b as in boy a-u-e-r and i would love to say hey let us know what you guys are enjoying about the podcast what you want us to talk about And we will talk to you all soon. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye, guys. As always, thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode. You can find me on Instagram at coachingbyalana, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, write us a review so we can help share this information with more of you. As always, thank you so much for the support, and we will talk to you next week.